T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hi! Welcome into Fantasy Football Sunday. I am your host, Steven Serta. Thank you guys for joining me on this wonderful week six NFL Sunday. There's a ton to get to today. Uh, we were a little worried about some of these NFL games, uh, more positive tests around the league. That's just our life now. We're going to have to deal with that moving forward throughout the NFL season. Uh, but according to multiple reports this morning, Every game is moving forward as scheduled. There were no new positive tests on Saturday. So that's good. Good news. Shouldn't have to worry about anything today. So so we're in a good position there. Uh, Dalvin Cook is out. He's already been ruled out for the Vikings this week. So fire up Alexander Madison. Uh, that's why you drafted him as your handcuff. He's still going to be a heavily productive player. Dalvin Cook, obviously, Vikings got to buy next week. They expect him to be back and be fine. So, so obviously, don't don't be too worried about Dalvin Cook. Uh, before we get in the matchups, though, it doesn't affect us this week. But obviously, you guys might have noticed that the Chiefs announced this week, or well, it's reported. They haven't made it official, but they are signing running back Le'Veon Bell for some reason. All of the coaches this week in their press conferences refused to talk about it. I don't know what that was about. That was weird. Uh, but if you drafted Clyde Edwards Alaire in the top 10 of your fantasy draft, which most, most of you probably did, he's been fine. He's had a couple of big games, but he hasn't exactly been, uh, you know, like a top five fantasy running back or anything like that. And signing Le'Veon Bell's inevitably going to affect his workload because I don't believe that Le'Veon Bell is completely washed up the way, you know, LaShawn McCoy was when the Chiefs signed him last year. And Le'Veon Bell is only 28 years old. I still think that he's an incredible pass catcher. I still think that he can run the ball if given the opportunity in a good offense. The Jets just had the worst offense in the NFL. So it's inevitably going to affect Clyde Edwards-Alaire's dra- or stock moving forward. But I think you can actually start both of these guys. I, I think there's going to be enough work going around, you know, we thought that Damian Williams was going to be heavily involved before he opted out of the season. And so you were still taking Clyde awfully high prior to Damian Williams opt out, but he got vaulted into the first round. Once Damian Williams chose to do that, Le'Veon Bell still going to be involved in this offense. I think that he's going to have a big pass catching role for the chiefs. And I think that he's got an opportunity to, while the chiefs offense has been fantastic this season, it hasn't been like that record setting pace offense that we were expecting, like the 2018 offense. I think Bell is only going to help take them to the next level. I, I think that it hurts Clyde a little bit, but I still think that they're both guys who are going to give you weekly fantasy value in your lineups. Let's go ahead and spread the field. Spread the field. 
The Houston Texans at the Tennessee Titans. No one's ever thrilled about starting David Johnson, but he's still getting volume despite his lack of production. And, and the Texans finally looked like an all right team last week. Like they, they finally, they won their first game of the season. Bill O'Brien's finally gone. Uh, I don't expect Romeo Cornell and that coaching staff to like take this thing to the next level with Deshaun Watson or anything like that. But you have to be impressed at least that they finally got their first win. I think David Johnson's going to continue to be heavily involved. He's got to be in your lineup. Will Fuller also, as long as he's healthy, probably needs to be in your lineup on a weekly basis, but you have to take the monster weeks with the silent ones. He's still not, Will Fuller's a talented player, but Will Fuller's still not a a legitimate number one wide receiver that you're just trotting out each and every week. So there's going to be ups and downs with Will Fuller, but you still have to like what you've seen from him. And I I still think this thing, you know, when teams change uh, a coaching staff in the middle of the year, it tends to have a, a positive effect on them because the players kind of rally around the coaching staff that's still there. Uh, they don't want to be embarrassed. They still want to win games. So I still like Will Fuller moving forward. And Brandon Cooks finally showed some life. I think Brandon Cooks is a guy that, depending on the matchup, and this is a decent one, you know, the Titans are a good football team, but the Titans don't have an elite secondary or anything like that. You can pass on this team. So I think that Brandon Cooks is a guy that you can put in your lineup this week as well. I expect them to continue to try to get him more heavily involved because he's the second best pass catcher on this team behind Will Fuller. And so they've got to find a way to get him to start making some plays. And and I like Deshaun Watson this week. He hasn't been exactly what you were looking for when you drafted him as your quarterback one. But as I mentioned, I think the the Texans are starting to turn this thing around. Uh, Jordan Akins is out in this game for the second consecutive week. He's dealing with a concussion. So he's missed two games out because of a concussion. So that's something that's kind of concerning considering he was a tight end who was on the rise. But Darren Fells has produced in this offense. He was productive last season for your fantasy football team if you had him. He's not a flashy name, but he did have a big game last week. And I'm actually putting Darren Fells into a couple of my daily lineups this week because I think with no Jordan Akins, Darren Fells has a potential has the potential to produce. Uh, AJ Brown was back for the Titans last week. Uh, he did sit and practice a little bit this week, but that just kind of seems like maintenance or bringing him along slow. He's their star player. AJ Brown proved last week why you drafted him so high in your fantasy drafts to be your number one fantasy wide receiver. He is a number one wide receiver, pl- plain and simple. He he's a star player. And so as long as he's playing and healthy, he has to be in your lineup each and every week. Uh, the Texas secondary though has been better than you think. So I'm a little cautious on Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill's had some monster games and he's had some quiet games. I still think that I'd play him this week. I I, I don't trust that the Texans secondary is really that strong despite uh, decent performances so far throughout the season. And he did just have a big game against the Bills. I know they didn't have Tredavious White, but I'm willing to put Ryan Tannehill in my lineup this week. Uh, And Jonu Smith, every week start. Derrick Henry, every week start. I don't need to spend a lot of time on those guys. The Cincinnati Bengals at the Indianapolis Colts. I guess I'm I, I'm not putting Joe Mixon in any of my daily lineups this week. I understand in season long, you have to put him in your lineups. But as far as daily goes, I'm running away from Joe Mixon this week. Uh, he's been up and down. He had the one absolute monster week. But the Colts defense is just elite. Like, like you, you don't think about the Colts defense that way. Their pass rush this year with DeForest Buckner and Justin Houston has actually been monstrous. Their run defense going back to last season is one of the best run defenses in the NFL. And that was before they added DeForest Buckner. They've only gotten better this season. So I don't love Joe Mixon this week. 
Uh, but he's still going to have opportunity because the Colts offense doesn't do anything that scares you. So they're not going to, you know, the Colts aren't going to get out uh, uh, really quick in this one. I, I, I would imagine it's going to be a, a closer game, but their defense is legitimately talented. Uh, as, as far as the Cincinnati pass catchers go, I'm staying away from Joe Burrow this week for all the reasons I just told you about the Colts defense. Uh, but Tyler Boyd is, is is a wide receiver one. He's a legitimate wide wide receiver one. He's top 10 in targets this season. Like Tyler, Tyler Boyd is a fantasy stud who doesn't get enough attention. AJ Green should be dropped in all formats. He does not belong anywhere on your roster. He's been absolutely awful. Now he's dealing with an injury. I don't want AJ Green anywhere near my team. I don't own him in any leagues. And if you do, you should just go ahead and drop him because he's just a waste of space on your roster. As much as it hurts me to say, I love you, AJ, but it just looks like things aren't going to work out in Cincinnati. Maybe he can sign with another team next offseason and, and turn things around, but he's been absolutely awful this season. Uh, if you're thin at wide receiver, T. Higgins is someone who's interesting. The Colts. Don't give up a ton of yards, but their secondary is not necessarily elite. It's it's the front of that defense that is more elite than their secondary. So I do think that T. Higgins is going to have some opportunity today. The Colts have given up a lot of touchdowns to wide receivers this season. So I will put T. Higgins in my lineup if I'm thin at wide receiver. Say if you have a uh, Deontay Johnson or something like that and he's not playing this week, I would put T. Higgins in for him if I can go get him. Um the Bengals run defense is absolutely awful though. So this has all the making of a breakout game for Jonathan Taylor. I absolutely love Jonathan Taylor this week. This entire rookie running back class has been a little bit of a letdown so far, but I mean, there wasn't like a, an Ezekiel Elliott who was going top 10 in this running back class. There, there's a reason that Clyde Edwards Hilaire was the only running back taken in the first round and all these other guys were, you know, second and third round picks, but we were still expecting a little bit more from some of these rookie runners and we just haven't seen it. Jonathan Taylor has been okay, but he hasn't been a monster or anything like that. I think he has an opportunity to be an absolute monster this week going against one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. Uh, but as far as the Colts pass catchers go, T.Y. Hilton finally saw some volume last week, but he's still not someone I'm putting into my lineup uh, and with any type of confidence. Uh, Philip Rivers just looks bad. You can't start him. He probably doesn't even belong on your roster. I, I he belongs on waivers. Um, and I, I'm not putting Zach Pascal in. It, it just Zach Pascal ha has had plenty of opportunities so far this season. Hasn't produced at all. Their wide receivers are an absolute train wreck. Train wreck until they get Paris Campbell and Michael Pittman Jr. back. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons at the Minnesota Vikings. We expect Julio Jones to be back, so that means he's in your lineup. And, but he is still dealing with injury, so I temper expectations a little bit. But going against a, a bad Vikings secondary, you can't not play Julio as long as he is playing this week. Uh, Calvin Ridley's been an absolute monster, so he's a weekly start. Matt Ryan's been pretty concerning, though. Uh, he, he's fringing on the washed territory. Uh He's good enough to score against the Vikings secondary, but he was just brutal last week. It, it, it wasn't even that it was a particularly tough matchup. It was just that he was just off target. He just did not look right. And, and Calvin Ridley still wound up having a big game last week, but Calvin Ridley should have had an even bigger game because he had some awful throws for Matt Ryan. Uh, Russell Gage has been quiet since his concussion. So I'm not putting Russell Gage in my lamp, especially if Julio's back. Uh, as far as Hayden Hurst goes, he hasn't done enough to go to be in my lineup against a good Vikings tight end defense. So I'm benching Hayden Hurst this week. And as far as Todd Gurley goes, I'll give him another look. The Vikings run defense hasn't been particularly good this season, uh, but they were going against the Panthers last week, which is the worst run defense in the NFL. So I don't expect Todd Gurley to go off the way that he did last week. I think that was more of an outlier than anything. 
And as I already mentioned, Dalvin Cook is out in this game. So Alexander Madison is an absolute must start. He's going to get a ton of work today. Uh, the Falcons are actually okay against opposing rushing attacks, but they're absolutely awful against pass catching backs. Alexander Madison is a running back who's capable of doing all of that for the Vikings offense. So he's a, an absolute must start this week. And I like Kirk Cousins. Uh, everyone can pass on the Falcons. Everyone can put up points on the Falcons. So I love Kirk Cousins this week. I love Adam Thielen. And yes, I absolutely love Justin Jefferson. I think Justin Jefferson's going to have a monster game today. Uh, and Irv Smith Jr. finally got some love last week. He's still a dart throw because I don't trust his volume. It just hasn't been there prior to the last game, but he's a really, really talented second year tight end. So if you're thin and, and I am, cause I got Darren Waller on by in one week in one league, I added Irv Smith jr. And I'm playing him this week. Uh, he's a dart throw, but I think that there's some opportunity there. Uh, the Broncos at Patriots. I'm playing Damian Harris this week, assuming this game gets played and they're saying that it is. So, so Damian Harris is going to be in my lineup. Uh, I, I don't expect him to all of a sudden be like a, a running back one or something like that. The Patriots are still going to use multiple running backs. James White's involved and the Broncos run defense is actually pretty good. So I think you have to temper expectations for Damian Harris, but if you're dealing with bye weeks, if you're thin at running back, I think Damian Harris is still somebody that you can put in your lineup this week. I would probably rather play James White though, because if you can succeed with a running back against the Broncos so far this season, it's been the pass catching type of running backs. Uh, Cam Newton is going to be back in this one. So Cam Newton needs to be in your lineup. He's in the weekly quarterback one territory as long as he is playing for the Patriots. Um, and I'm willing to start Julian Edelman. The Broncos pass defense hasn't been particularly good this season, and they've really struggled against opposing slot wide receivers. So I like Edelman to bounce back with Cam back in the lineup this week. And Nikhil Harry is, is a dart throw because he's going to get some looks from Cam Newton, but I, I'm still not thrilled about putting him into my lineup. The Pats secondary isn't the shutdown secondary that we're used to. They should have Stefan Gilmore back. So I, I don't really want to play any of the Broncos wide receivers, but they do have Drew Locke back. Jerry Judy's going to be in the lineup and Jerry Judy's been running a lot of routes from the slot. So he may avoid Stefan Gilmore unless they decide to just shadow uh, Jerry Judy with Stefan Gilmore, but I, I don't think that's going to be the case. So Jerry Judy might still have an opportunity in this game. Uh, Noah Fant is out in this game, so you can't start any other Broncos pass catcher, in my opinion, besides Jerry Judy. Uh, Melvin Gordon should go, uh, but it's a it's a bad matchup. The Patriots' run defense has been really good all season, so I, I, I don't love Melvin Gordon or Philip Lindsay, assuming he's good to go in this game. Uh, so I, I'm staying away from the Broncos for the most part today. Uh, we need to hit a quick timeout, but before we do that, let's get the weather. Storm warnings with Steve. There's a lot of overcast football games in the NFL this week, but I don't think there's anything that should be that concerning weather-wise. The Jets and Dolphins game uh, could have some wind and rain, so we need to pay attention to that closer to kickoff. I'll get to that matchup here in a little bit. I actually really like that matchup for fantasy purposes, at least on the Dolphins side today. Uh, but let's hit a quick timeout. When we get back, we'll get to our goal line go to the week. Fantasy Football Sunday with Steven Serta. Welcome back into Fantasy Football Sunday. I am your host, Steven Serta. You can follow me on Twitter at Steven Serta. You can also follow the station at 610 Sports KC. Uh, we try to keep you updated all throughout the week on all things fantasy and all things Chiefs, of course. Here is we are the radio broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs. Smay's Garage Burger and Beer text line 913-576-7610. 
Text in your lineup questions. I will try to answer those all throughout the rest of the show. Uh, my guy Jay Binkley's got you covered from 10 to 12 coming up here in about uh, 40 minutes. But let's get to the goal line goat. Goal line goat. Jonathan Taylor hasn't exactly had his monster breakout game just yet, but I mentioned this week that this running back class hasn't shown a ton in general. And so I don't think it's reason to panic. Like Taylor's obviously getting plenty of work. He's still sharing some touches a little bit, but they want him to break out. They want him to be their monster. And I think that has to be this week going against a very bad Bengals run defense. The Bengals run defense has been bad for the last two years. And so the Colts want to run like Philip rivers just isn't a down the field thrower anymore. He looks like he's pretty washed up. Their passing game is terrible. Their pass catchers are terrible. They're going to feed Jonathan Taylor today. I think he's going to have an absolute monster game. Loud wrong. I was a week too early on Jags wide receiver, LaVisca Chenault. Uh, I thought he was going to break out last week and he still had an okay game. He, he, he didn't have the monster game that I was hoping for. Uh, but just like I was on Chase Claypool and have been since the start of the season. I still believe in LaVisca Chenault. It sounds like DJ Chark is probably going to go in this one. He's supposed to test things out pregame. Uh, so we need to wait and see on him. Uh, I, I hope that Chark actually does play in this game because I think when he plays, it makes all of their pass catchers better. Uh, but either way, I'm starting LaVisca Chenault in a very favorable matchup against a bad Detroit Lions secondary. Uh, their rookie cornerback, Jeff Okuda, has been getting burned each and every week. Their secondary in general just is not good. I think this is a very good game. Like, it's not a good game uh, football-wise, but it's a good game fantasy-wise. I think there's a lot of action in this game, and I think LaVisca Chenault's going to be a guy that I have in a lot of lineups. All birds. I just told you I absolutely love this game. I love, love, love Matthew Stafford today. The Lions are coming off of a bye. Stafford's healthy. That passing game's getting going. Kenny Galladay is finally healthy. I love Matthew Stafford today. Uh, I also, I already told you, Alexander Madison's got to be in all lineups today. He's just going to get too much work. He's going to have too much opportunity. He'll be heavily involved in that Vikings offense. And Jonathan Taylor's a guy I, I, I just talked about. I absolutely love Jonathan Taylor. He's a good value, and he's going to get plenty of volume going against that bad Bengals front. Devontae Adams makes his much-anticipated return today for the Green Bay Packers. He's an absolute monster, and the Packers' offense has actually been the best offense in the NFL, not the Chiefs' offense. The Packers have been absolutely unstoppable, and they get their best weapon back today. I love Devontae Adams. Even in a tough matchup on paper against the Bucs, I think that secondary is more exploitable than we realize with legitimate elite number one wide receivers, and that's what Devontae Adams is. If I love Matthew Stafford so much, I absolutely have to pair Kenny Galladay with him. I think Kenny Galladay is going to go nuts today. And I love my guy, LaVisca Chenault. He's in uh, several of my daily lineups. I already told you about Darren Fells. I think Darren Fells has another opportunity this week with no Jordan Akins to have a big week. And he's a very, very cost-effective tight end. Um, I also like Preston Williams. I like this. I like this Dolphins game going against the Jets. Everyone can score on the Jets. The Jets are the worst team in football. I think Preston Williams is a very cost-effective flex play that's going to have an opportunity. And I'm taking a chance on the Bengals' defense. It's the cheapest defense in daily this week. And it's because their defense isn't particularly good, but their passing defense has been a little bit better than, we, than we're really giving them credit for. And I think that Phil is washed up, and I think they're going to have an opportunity to create some turnovers today. So I actually am taking a chance on the Bengals' defense. Let's get back to some matchups before we get to our friend uh, Ben Heisler of SI.com coming up in about 10 minutes. 
the Washington football team at the New York Giants. Antonio Gibson still found the end zone last week, but uh, didn't really get enough work because they were behind in a bad matchup. I, I think they turn it around here. I, I still like Antonio Gibson moving forward. Uh, he's still splitting time with J.D. McKissick, which is frustrating because we, we know he's the more talented player. But I still think you can start J.D. McKissick this week, too. If if you're in a bind and you got to go add somebody, J.D. McKissick is uh, absolutely available in, in your in your league. So, so go add him because I think he's going to have an opportunity. The Giants have been particularly bad against pass-catching running backs, and that's what's frustrating because it limits the upside of Antonio Gibson. But J.D. McKissick, that, that's all he does for, the, for that team. And, and with Kyle Allen as the starting quarterback – He's going to check down. J.D. McKissick's going to have some opportunity. Giants can't stop pass catching backs to save their lives. I think J.D. McKissick has some value this week. Uh, Terry McLaurin is still in my lineup, but he's likely going to be shadowed by cornerback James Bradbury, who's quietly been absolutely fantastic this season. He's, he's just on a bad football team, so he doesn't get him, uh, he doesn't get as much coverage as he should, but James Bradbury's been absolutely stellar, so I'm a little bit worried about Terry this week. The Giants' pass defense is a little bit better in general than we're giving it credit for. Uh, as far as the Giants go, Darius Slayton is questionable in this game. If he doesn't go, I think Devontae Freeman is the only Giant that you're willing to put into your lineup. Uh, Devontae Freeman actually looked good last week. Uh, it, it was weird. I didn't think he had that kind of game left in him, but he has clearly um, made it apparent that he is the lead back in that backfield without Saquon Barkley. So Devontae Freeman likely going to be uh, an every week start moving forward, depending on, on your matchup. Uh, if Darius Slayton does go, I'm putting him in my lineup because uh, Washington secondary isn't anything special. So I, I like Darius Slayton this week if he's good to go. And Evan Ingram has just been absolutely awful. But the the Giants made it such a talking point this week about getting him involved in the offense. I have to think they're going to try to do that. Evan Ingram's such an athletic tight end. You have to send him deep over the middle. You have to give him opportunities to make plays. Stop running curl routes with him. He even brought it up. He was like, you know, Jason Garrett keeps making me run curl routes. What am I supposed to do about that? I understand your frustration, Evan. I think you can put him in your lineup this week, but... I mean, be, be prepared to be disappointed because he's been disappointing all of us all season long. The Baltimore Ravens at the Philadelphia Eagles. Lamar Jackson's obviously in your lineup every week, despite the fact he hasn't exactly been the MVP type of fantasy player he was last season. Uh, he still has to be in your weekly lineup. Uh, the Eagles secondary outside of Darius Slay has been absolutely awful. I'm going to play Hollywood Brown, but I would expect that he's going to draw shadow coverage from Darius Slay, which I think limits his upside. Uh, I, I, I'm hoping he can just break free for a long one in this one. He's been a little bit of a letdown. We thought he was really going to take a step forward this season, uh, and he, he's he been very up and down, and Slay's the, on, the only guy in that secondary who can cover him, but I, I think I'm still willing to take a chance on him. Uh, you're obviously starting Mark Andrews. He's, he's a weekly starter in your lineup, and... You just can't start Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins, or Gus Edwards. I know this week with the buys and the injuries, you might have to start one of them on the off chance that they score a touchdown, but that's the only upside in that backfield so far this season. Like, nobody has separated themselves. Nobody's having big games. No one in this offense in their running game is doing absolutely anything, so you can't start any of these guys. I'm starting Gus Edwards in a league this week because I don't have a choice because I've got a stockpile of injuries and bye weeks. And, and it's frustrating because when they get inside the five, Ingram's the one that's getting all those carries. Dobbins is getting like five touches a game. It's just, it's just so frustrating for, for a team that was breaking records last season in their rushing attack. They've been very, very frustrating so far this season. 
Uh, the Eagles are falling apart on the offensive line. Carson Wentz has been absolutely rough. You can't start Carson Wentz this week against a very, very good Baltimore Ravens defense. They have no wide receivers, no Deshaun Jackson, no Alshon Jeffrey, no Jalen Rieger going against the Ravens top tier secondary. So you can't play any of their pass catchers. I mean, Greg Ward is their number one wide receiver right now. Travis Fulgham had a big game last week. I'm not playing either of those guys against, against this defense, but the Ravens have been kind of soft against tight ends so far this season. So Zach Ertz with no Dallas Goddard in this game. Zach Ertz should still get a ton of targets, but Zach Ertz has been absolutely awful as well. I had somebody ask me this week if they should drop Zach Ertz. I'm not quite there yet. I think you can start him this week because he's the only position where there's really any value, where there's any, where there's really a good matchup against this incredible Ravens defense. Uh, and Miles Sanders... The offensive line injuries are absolutely crushing Miles Sanders' fantasy upside. Uh, he did still have a good game for you last week because he broke off a 70-plus yard touchdown. But other than that, it was absolutely terrible against an elite Steelers run defense. They just caught him sleeping on that one play. I'm still playing Miles Sanders because he's going to get the volume and he's going to get the opportunity. I don't think you can bench him. But uh, the, the Eagles just in general have been extremely frustrating so far this year in fantasy football. Uh, we need to hit another quick timeout, but when we get back, SI.com's Ben Heisler. Fantasy Football Sunday with Steven Serta. Welcome back into Fantasy Football Sunday. I am Steven Serta, as always, each and every week. Joined by our good friend from SI.com, gambling and fantasy expert, Ben Heisler. Benny, how are we doing today? It's week six, and every game is going forward as scheduled, or at least that's what they're saying so far. Yeah, as long as that trend continues and there's not some sort of Shefty bomb, uh, there wouldn't be a Rappaport bomb because he's too busy uh, you know, promoting trimming companies. But um, if a Shefty bomb is completely off the rails, we should have active football the rest of the way. And the injury situation this week, too, Sarita, really isn't bad at all. Yeah, we we don't have Dalvin Cook this week, unfortunately, but we kind of all assumed that was going to happen. Mike Zimmer right. was kind of acting like he was going to play this week. He's already been ruled out. So if you have Alexander Madison, you're obviously putting him in your lineup. Um, he's he's going to be a good play today. But if you're a Dalvin Cook owner who didn't manage to land Alexander Madison as your backup in your drafts, what are you? Where are you pivoting today? Uh, there's a few intriguing names that I, I don't necessarily know if you're going to get Alexander Madison type of production, but I, I do think if you're creative when it comes to trying to, to play this game, uh, you might have a possibility. So a lot of people give up on DeAndre Swift, and maybe not in dynasty league, certainly not in dynasty league, but. You know, they remember the drop pass from week one, never really got it going, and it's been mostly the Adrian Peterson show throughout most of the way. But uh, he has seen more targets. He caught a touchdown last week against the Saints uh, and gets a Jacksonville defense that has just been atrocious in really all facets of the game. So he might still be hanging around the waiver wire. Um, same thing with Naheem Hines. He's still going to catch some passes for Phillip Rivers. If there's one thing that Phillip Rivers still can do well, it's get the ball out to pass catching running backs. So if you need to pivot there, uh, and, and there's James White, who gets a very favorable matchup for the Patriots at home against the Broncos. Uh, James White caught uh, seven receptions in his last game on eight targets. So the yardage wasn't great. It was only about 30 yards, averaged only about five and a half yards per reception. But remember, 
Um, you know, that was the game against Kansas City, and they didn't have Cam Newton for it. So um, I, I think James White slowly and surely starting to get back on track. He's probably still available in about 40 to 45% of fantasy leagues. So there are some guys that are still available if you need somebody in a pinch. Uh, for those of us that uh, didn't necessarily take the handcuffs for Dalvin Cook to Alexander Madison. You, you mentioned DeAndre Swift, and I, I talked it up on the podcast this week. I love this Lions Jaguars game for from the fantasy perspective. Like it, it's got potential to be an interesting game. Uh, I'm on Lavisca Chenault everywhere, even though that even if they are saying that DJ Chark's going to play, I don't think that he's 100 percent healthy. I, I'm curious how you feel about the Jags pass catchers today. Uh, love every single element of this game. The only part that is concerning for me is whether or not DJ Chark is going to play, because then I think back about the matchup that they had on Thursday night, uh, a very favorable matchup at home against Miami without DJ Chark. Uh, and, and Gardner Minshew just looked mystified. Uh, he wasn't the aggressive gunslinger type quarterback that was taking chances down the field, that was extending plays with his legs. Um, the offense never really got going in that game. He didn't throw for a touchdown. And then if you look at his, his stats the rest of the season, he's had three out of five games with over 300 yards, four out of five games for Minshew with multiple touchdown passes. So once DJ Chark kind of left the station, everything else went completely haywire. So that does concern me a little bit. But Chanel continued to get better. Uh, he's been really impressive over the last handful of weeks. Saw eight targets. That was a season high in the loss against Houston last week. Uh, getting plenty of opportunities in the red zone. Chenault is definitely going to be somebody that I will be on today, particularly in DFS. But um, I, I'm less bullish on Jacksonville without DJ Chark. I think just having him there makes everybody else a lot better. Yeah, and it's sounding like he's going to play. They're they're going to test it pregame, but it sounds like DJ Chark should be good to go. I still want Lavisca everywhere I can get him. He similar to Chase Claypool, which I you know I've been on his bandwagon since week one. He finally yep. had the monster breakout. It feels like LaVisca Chenault's got a breakout coming, and so you want him in your lineup when that happens. Uh, and, and looking at Chase Claypool, no Deontay Johnson today for the Steelers. Are you chasing the points with Claypool this week? Uh, probably, uh, especially with no Deontay Johnson. You just know that there is an element there where Ben Roethlisberger trusts him not just in the red zone, uh, but also somebody across the field. Like This guy coming out in the second round had elite-level speed, great athleticism. We know about the hands. Um, I, obviously, you're going to look towards the guy a little bit more when you see that he's continuing to break away for touchdowns, but uh, he had 11 targets last week against Philadelphia. There was just nobody that could guard him, and Ben Roethlisberger is aware of that. And, and so now you're going to match up against Cleveland that. Uh, has played well this year, but certainly got thrashed in week one. And they're still susceptible, um, you know, sort of in that inside-outside game. They'll move Claypool around. He's not just going to be an outside X receiver. So I, I love Claypool this week. Uh, I have to try and remember what the uh, the number is for him when it comes to daily fantasy and how much more expensive he is. He's 5,200, which, you know, if you're looking at a possible ceiling of, I don't know, another seven catches for, you know, 70 yards and a touchdown – uh, and that probably exceeds value at that point. So he's in a great spot, especially with Deontay Johnson. He'll just be popular this week, knowing what everybody saw from him uh, in the previous week. Yeah, and I hope you have him in dynasty formats because he looks like he's going to be an absolute star. Like the dude's 
six four, two hundred and thirty pounds, but he can burn you deep too. Like he he's just an he's, unbelievable player. He's Evan Ingram, but they're playing him at a more conducive <laughs> yeah. position, right? Like like there's that's that's the build of Evan Ingram, you know. But they're just using Ingram in New York at the tight end spot when they should be using him all over the field in a wide variety of areas because he's not a particularly uh, he's not a particularly good pass blocker. Like the goal of a, of a receiver or a tight end or sort of that hybrid model should be get the best mismatch that you possibly can and find opportunities to target them downfield in the red zone wherever possible, especially being able to take advantage of that speed. Um, you know, what, I mean, you might get to Evan Ingram in a second too, Serta. I'll just say this. Um, he's in a great spot this week, but I, I'm just surprised that you don't see more of these types of skill sets that aren't being used in a wide variety of areas that aren't being lined up all over the field. And I think the Steelers get that with, with uh, Chase Claypool. So I want to talk about the Panthers receivers for a second, because you know, amongst fantasy experts preseason, it was DJ Moore's the guy he's going to have right. his, his breakout season. He's going to launch himself into that top tier category of wide receiver and it just hasn't been there Robbie Anderson's been one of the steals of the fantasy season like he's just every week it's 10 plus targets 100 yards and Robbie Anderson's a weekly starter and I don't want DJ Moore in my lineup like he's a matchup dependent wide receiver right now it's remarkable, right? Think about the numbers for Robbie Anderson since the season began. Uh, he's had 24 targets in the last two weeks. He's had 16 catches over 200 yards. Um, and, and the thing about Robbie Anderson, too, is that he hasn't scored a touchdown since week one of the season. So when you say, well, can Robbie Anderson actually do more based on what we've already seen? The answer is yes. Like, get more red zone opportunities. And, you know, that, he was the deep threat. He was uh, the guy for the New York Jets that they would target downfield. Um, you know, he would basically do sort of the eight targets, three catches for 89 yards and two scores. Uh, but now he's their most consistently fed wide receiver. And then DJ Moore, on the other hand, had that long touchdown last week. Now the matchup against Chicago is really intriguing because I actually feel like guys like Robbie Anderson and Curtis Samuel, they're most likely to line up on the outside. It's a more challenging matchup. Maybe you can make the argument that Anderson is matchup proof at this point. Uh, but I, I think I actually prefer the matchup this week for DJ Moore. It's one of the first times that he's actually been uh, less expensive on DraftKings than Robbie Anderson. Uh, the Bears offense, or the, excuse me, the Bears defense is still very good on the season, but they haven't been great, particularly uh, in the middle, in the slot. Um, you have Kyle Fuller, who's likely going to shadow Anderson for for most of the game. So if there ever was an opportunity to feel like in a difficult matchup you could feel like D.J. Moore was back in play. Uh, I suppose it's this week, especially with Buster Screen likely lined up on him as the nickel corner. Screen has had more success with Chicago than he has with the Jets, but he's still somebody that can get burned deep very easily. If you lost Dak Prescott last week, as I did in uh, multiple leagues, I did go ahead and add Andy Dalton. I'm curious how you feel about Andy Dalton this week and moving forward the rest of the year. I like him. Um, more likely going to be a matchup-oriented quarterback, but um, so I, I think it was one of our uh, our analysts over at Sports Illustrated Fantasy. It might have been either Michael Fabiano or Dr. Reto. I can't remember who, so I wanted to give him proper credit. Um, but they basically said, you know, Andy Dalton for years in Cincinnati had one A.J. Green, and now he has three A.J. Greens. So now Andy Dalton's going to look a heck of a lot better and much more confident compared to what we saw with him in Cincinnati. And the reality was is that Andy Dalton 
would have some really impressive games, especially with Jay Gruden as his offensive coordinator. They took some chances down the field. They ran a creative offense. Uh, there just wasn't a ton of playmakers around him. So I, I like Andy Dalton moving forward. The matchup this week against Arizona on Monday night um, is an advantageous one. I, I think he's going to target Michael Gallup more than we saw Dak Prescott target him, especially with that big play late in the game um, from Sunday afternoon. So I, I think it actually raises the value of Michael Gallup. I think he'll see more opportunities in some of the deep plays. Uh, maybe it lowers the, uh, the ceiling a little bit for Amari Cooper, but these guys still have really high floors in this offense because their defense is so terrible and because Dalton's still a competent quarterback. Yeah, I, I just think the offensive weapons are too talented there. I think Andy Dalton, he's, he, he's a perfectly fine backup quarterback who can come in and put up numbers when the situation's right. I think the situation is right there in Dallas. Um, it doesn't affect us this week, uh, but I want to get your thoughts on it just for the fantasy owners who uh, likely drafted Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the top 10 of their fantasy drafts and might be freaking out a little bit now that the Chiefs are signing Le'Veon Bell. How do you kind of project his impact moving forward and how it's going to affect Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's touches? So we did a podcast, the SI Gambling Podcast, on Friday with our uh, Vegas gambling insider, Frankie Tadeo, as well as a longtime Vegas oddsmaker, Dave Sherapan. Uh, he's known as the Sportsbook Consigliere. And I asked them both that question, you know, looking at the Chiefs as a whole, both from a fantasy standpoint and also from sort of a long-term gambling play, because they're the favorites to win the Super Bowl, what is the impact of Le'Veon Bell? Uh, and they gave completely, radically different answers. Um, one of them said that Le'Veon Bell now adds to the mix, uh, takes Clyde Edwards-Alaire out of the picture as a RB1, RB2, makes him more of an RB, you know, the top-end RB3, um, just because they want to incorporate Bell in the passing game. That's what he still has done well for the New York Jets. He wasn't great in short yardage situations, which is where the Chiefs struggled, and that if he wasn't able to do it with the Jets, is all of a sudden he's going to be doing that now with Kansas City change the element of how they want to use him. I still think they're going to use Bell in kind of a, a sparing type role where he's going to be there more as a mentor for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And I still think Edwards-Alaire is going to be the guy. So if anything, I'm looking at him as an extreme by low candidate right now. Is there some risk? Of course. But I, it just doesn't make sense to Kansas City to all of a sudden give Le'Veon Bell the bulk of the targets, the bulk of the volume. They still wanted to try to incorporate Daryl Williams into the mix, and he was just bad. So I, I think they want to continue to use Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the role that they have. Um, you know, maybe it would look a little bit different. And, and remember, too, Serta, you know, Clyde Edwards-Alaire was that running back 14 through 16 when everybody thought Damian Williams was still going to hang around, that both of them were going to be effective fantasy producers. I think that's very much in play. In fact, the Vegas odds for Kansas City did not change the moment they acquired Le'Veon Bell. They were plus 400, 4 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook to win the Super Bowl before they had Le'Veon Bell. And then when Bell signed, he, they were still 4 to 1. So he will help as far as just adding another element to the running game and also pass catching running backs thrive in Andy Reid's system. But I don't think it's going to make or break a fantasy season. I think Clyde Edwards Lair is still the guy. And right now, this is the cheapest that you'll likely be able to get him for any Chiefs fans or anybody from a fantasy standpoint. That seems to be freaking out right now. Follow him on Twitter at Benny Heiss and all of his fantastic work at SI.com. We'll catch up with you next week, Heiss. All right, sir. And I also do want to mention, because I already ran through the matchup, the Denver Broncos have actually ruled Melvin Gordon out in this game. So while it's a good matchup against a, a strong Patriots run defense,
I am playing Philip Lindsay because Philip Lindsay should be getting a bulk of their touches today with no Melvin Gordon in that game. So adjust your lineups accordingly. We got to hit a quick timeout, but when we get back, we'll finish up our matchups. Fantasy Football Sunday with Steven Serta. Welcome back into Fantasy Football Sunday. I am Steven Serta. Smitty's Garage Burger and Beer text line 913-576-7610. Send in your lineup questions. I'll try to get those answered over the next 10 minutes. My guy Jay Binkley coming up from 10 to 12. He's got you right up until NFL kickoffs and all the action that we've got going on today. Uh, Chiefs and Bills tomorrow afternoon, I guess, 4 p.m. kickoff. I know some people are upset about that. I'm thrilled about it. That's fantastic. I love that. I'm going to get off work. Head straight home and get ready for this football game. Uh, I'm ready to go. It should be a fun Monday night doubleheader. Uh, you can actually catch the uh, Chiefs radio network. That broadcast starting right here on 610 Sports Radio, 1 o'clock tomorrow. Top off player of the week. David Montgomery is becoming a number one workhorse back in his second year in the NFL. He's not necessarily a budding star or anything like that, but he's getting all the opportunity in the world. He just so happens to be facing the worst run defense in the league. Fire up David Montgomery with confidence. I absolutely love David Montgomery today. I've got him going in multiple leagues. Soft hands catch. Devontae Adams makes his much anticipated return this week, and he probably could have played last week, but they gave him an extra week to get right. And they have a tough matchup on paper against the Bucs, but the Bucs defense, and the Bucs defense is a, a really good defense, but I still don't believe in their secondary. I think their secondary is still a little suspect. I don't have faith they can really shut down an offense that's humming like the Packers this year, and I don't have faith they're going to be able to shut down a, a true number one wide receiver like Devontae Adams. I absolutely love Devontae Adams today. Got to get through a few more matchups. Uh, again, 913-576-7610. Uh, send in your last-minute line of questions. I'll answer those before I get out of here. Uh, the Cleveland Browns at the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm going to keep riding the Chase Claypool bandwagon. He's an absolute stud who looks like a legitimate budding star. He's a guy who could play himself in a weekly start, especially with Deontay Johnson out this week. I think Claypool and Johnson are the guys you want moving forward. Juju is still a talented wide receiver. He's still very young. Juju's just not, just not getting a lot of volume, but with no Deontay Johnson today, I'm playing Chase Claypool and Juju Smith-Schuster going against the Browns secondary that has been very beatable this season. No Greedy Williams, and Denzel Ward has not been very good this season. Denzel Ward last year was looking like he was playing himself into shutdown corner territory, and he's really struggled so far this season. So I still like Juju, and I love Chase Claypool today. I also like Eric Ebron. He's finally gotten worked into the offense, and the Browns are bad against opposing tight ends. So I'm putting Eric Ebron. He's also very cheap in daily this week. I've got him in multiple lineups. Uh... James Conner's been great since week one, so he's obviously in your lineup today, but the Browns defense has been pretty strong against the rung all year. Uh, Baker Mayfield dealing with an injury this week. Uh, he's also never really been good against the Steelers in his entire career, so I don't love Baker Mayfield this week, and, and the Steelers defense is great, so I don't think you can start him. I'm still starting Kareem Hunt. He's just getting too many touches, too much volume, even going against a, a Pittsburgh run defense that is absolutely elite. They did let Miles Sanders break off that long run last week. I think that Kareem Hunt at this point in his career is the more talented back, so Kareem Hunt has to be in your lineup. Um, and the Steelers, if, if there's any matchup that you like, you know, Odell Beckham is going to play. Jarvis Landry is going to play in this game. I guess I prefer the matchup that Landry has. The Steelers are a little weaker against opposing slot wide receivers, so there could be some opportunity there for Landry. Uh, Odell, it's it's a tough one for Odell. I understand season long you probably don't have any better anybody better to put in your lineup. 
And Austin Hooper finally got involved in the offense last week, but I still don't want him against the Steelers. The Chicago Bears against the Carolina Panthers. I told you on Friday, David Montgomery is one of my absolute favorite starts, and I just told you right now, he's he's a clear number one. He, he's getting passing game work with no Tariq Cohen. He's an absolute lock this week. The Panthers' pass defense is actually... It's not great, but it's better than you think it is. Uh, but you're still putting in Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson's been an absolute stud this year. He is a weekly starter in your lineup. Uh, I don't trust Darnell Mooney or Anthony Miller. I'm not. I'm not buying into that, and I'm not buying into Jimmy Graham. I know he's been a little bit more productive with Nick Foles, but I'm okay on Jimmy Graham. I'm not that desperate at the tight end position just yet. Uh, the Bears' pass defense has been great which is kind of annoying for Robbie Anderson owners. He's been unbelievable this season. Robbie Anderson's been one of the biggest steals of the fantasy football world this year. Um, but he is going to have a tough matchup against Bears cornerback Kyle Fuller, who's an elite cover corner. Uh, so Anderson, I- I'm still putting him in my lineup just because he's getting so many targets on a weekly basis. And he's getting, it's not like they're just sending Anderson deep or something like that. Like he's getting all of this volume yardage on the amount of targets that he's getting. And they're running a lot of, you know, crossing routes and things like that just to get him open and get him into space. So I think they're going to try to do more of that because it's been really successful so far this year. So I think Robbie Anderson, uh, until he puts up a dot or something like that, Robbie Anderson's got to be a weekly starter in your lineup. Um, I could get talked into DJ Moore because DJ Moore is going to move around a little bit more. He probably won't see Kyle Fuller. So I, I think that he's got a better matchup, but the Bears pass defense overall has been very strong this season. And DJ Moore, he just didn't have that many targets last week, but he did break off the long touchdown. So if you want to chase that, go for it. Just uh, don't be upset when DJ Moore has like three catches for 30 yards. And Mike Davis has just been absolutely ridiculous. He's got to be in your lineup until Christian McCaffrey gets back. Um, I don't want to start Teddy this week, though, but he he's somebody Teddy needs to be rostered. You need to own Teddy on a roster because he is a more than serviceable streaming quarterback with the right matchup. I just don't think this one's it. Uh, the Lions at Jags. I told you this week on the podcast. I've been telling you all show. I absolutely love this game. Fantasy wise. It's two bad teams, but there's fantasy value everywhere. I love Gardner Minshew this week. DJ Chark's a game time decision. They're going to see, but there's optimism. He's going to play. I hope that he does play because I do genuinely believe this is the LaVisca Chenault breakout game. He's been getting more and more involved in the offense. He's getting more and more targets each and every week. I absolutely love LaVisca Chenault. And I think if DJ Shark plays, it only helps him because it draws some of the coverage away. And so I think LaVisca Chenault is a guy that I want everywhere this week. I also think Keelan Cole's a guy who you can, especially in daily, you can take a chance on Keelan Cole this week. He's been getting enough volume to be in your lineup. And James Robinson, a, a, a weekly starter, getting plenty of volume and a very good matchup against a bad Lions run defense. I don't hate DeAndre Swift this week or Adrian Peterson against a struggling Jags defense. I think they've got some opportunity here. They're particularly bad against pass catching running backs. So DeAndre Swift in PPR formats is extremely interesting. Uh, and you have to start Matthew Stafford and Kenny Galladay. They're absolute locks for me this week. I also love TJ Hawkinson. He's still not getting a ton of volume, but he's catching everything. Like he's making the most of the limited opportunities that he gets. Every time Matthew Stafford looks his way, TJ Hawkinson makes a play. I think he has to be in your lineup. I'm still not firing up Marvin Jones, the York jets, the Miami dolphins. This one's going to be pretty quick. Start your dolphins. Don't start your jets, except for Jamison Crowder. Jamison Crowder has been unbelievable this season. He's been a top five fantasy wide receiver out of nowhere on the worst offense in the NFL, but he's just getting a ton of volume. So Jameson Crowder can be in your lineup. Uh, this does feel like a Fitz magic trap game coming off of the crazy game that he had against the Niners that nobody saw coming, but they're just so bad. The jets are just so bad. 
He's got to be able be able to score some points today. I love Devontae Parker. I love Preston Williams. I love Mike Jasicki. I love Miles Gaskin. I'm I am firing up all of my Miami Dolphins today. Uh, the Packers at Bucks. I'm playing Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, obviously, but I don't really want anybody else here. I, I'm not buying into Robert Tanyan just yet. I do think that the Bucks secondary is exploitable, but I, I want to stick with the guys that I know. I'm not willing to take a chance on MVS and, and maybe Robert Tanyan will come back to bite me. I, I, I'm just not there yet. Uh, Aaron Jones. The Bucks run defense is absolutely elite. It's one of the best three run defenses in the NFL going back to last season. Uh, but Aaron Jones is going to have so much involvement in the run game and pass game. I think you have to start him in your fantasy lineups no matter what. Uh, the Packers do have an elite cornerback in Jair Alexander, but everyone else is just kind of okay. So you're still playing Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin coming back from injury. So I... Temper expectations a little bit for Chris Godwin, but I think if he's playing, he's got to be in your lineup. Mike Evans just getting too many red zone looks, too many touchdown opportunities. He's in your weekly lineup. Leonard Fournette should be back in this one, but he was active last week and then got one snap. So I'm not willing to put Leonard Fournette into my lineup. And Ronald Jones has been absolutely fantastic on the ground. You can run on this Packers team. So I'm putting Ronald Jones in my lineup without a doubt. Uh, and Tom Brady can be in your lineup today too. I think there's going to, this. they're going to have to put up points in this game. They're going to throw the football. Um, I'm still not putting Gronk in my lineup. However, the Rams at the Niners, despite all the injuries, the Niners defense has still been elite against opposing rushing attacks. That has me scared for Daryl Henderson, especially because Sean McVay mentioned again this week how he wants to have a committee running back style the way the 49ers do. Daryl Henderson's been great, but Cam Akers also looked good last week. He came back from injury. Malcolm Brown's still involved. I think you still have to play Daryl Henderson. I think Cam Akers is a sleeper this week. I don't want Malcolm Brown, but I'm a little bit worried about that backfield. I'm still starting Cooper Cup this week, although I don't love Jared Goff in a tough matchup. And Robert Woods hasn't been getting as many targets as we anticipated, so I'm kind of steering away from Robert Woods. Tyler Higby, outside of that three-touchdown game, has been absolutely brutal. George Kittle, obviously in your lineup. I'm staying away from Debo and Brandon Ayuk. Chiefs-Bills, start your Chiefs as normal. Go ahead and take a chance on McCole Hardman, but I'm afraid McCole Hardman's going to see a lot more Tredavious White than Tyreek Hill. I think they're going to move Tyreek around to try to avoid void Tredavious White. So temper your expectations um, on McCole Hardman a little bit this week. I know everybody's expecting big things from him. As far as the Bills go, you start Stefan Diggs. You start Josh Allen. I think you start Devin Singletary, although Zach Moss might be back in this one. Thank you guys so much for listening. Follow me on Twitter at Steven Serta. Thank you to Grant Nicholson for helping me out. My guy Jay Binkley coming up next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.